and if we mess up don't be like wait 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 pause <laughs> <laughs> don't do that um, sometimes can you go we back mess up quick? during the show <laughs> watch it's gonna be very natural just watch hello 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 and happy okay see i'm i'm gonna start over <laughs> On today's episode, I have a conversation with one of my sons. We talk about boundaries and then everything else that I do right. <laughs> Love and light. Hello and welcome to another episode of Her Talks Radio. I am your host, Carla Chapman. And you know what I'm going to say. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Today is yet another very special episode Um, to me. I don't want to tell you what the title is just now, but what I will do is introduce the person who's coming on. So this person is, well, how can I say it? (laughs) He is a breath of fresh air. He's an artist. He's uh, a man of God, in my opinion. He is super handsome. Um, He is super funny. He's beautiful. I love him with all my heart. I would do anything for him. It is one of my sons. And his name is Caleb. So, Caleb, are you there? Hi, everyone. (laughs) What an intro. You sound nervous already. (laughs) I am very nervous. That's okay. That's okay, babe. I'm going to walk you through this. I really am. And like I say, every episode, I'm always nervous, too. So I think as we go through the conversation, you know, we'll both kind of loosen up a bit because we we each don't really know what to expect. And that's okay. So on today's episode, um, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give you a chance to introduce yourself. Boom. Okay. Can you do that? (laughs) Yes. Um, Hi, everybody. My name is Caleb. I am 19 years old. Um, I'm a full-time student. A full-time. I have a full-time job. Um, I'm an aspiring writer, creative director, and a person who wants to just enjoy life and be in fashion. Come on, babe. Come was on. That good? No, it was good. <laughs> it was great, actually. You don't have. That. You know what? I was happy you didn't like say full details of yourself. Like I go to this school, and my last name is this, and this is my birthday. It's not that serious. You don't have to do anything like that. So what you gave was great. Um, What are you in school for again? Not that I don't know, but can you repeat that to the audience? Because I don't think you said it. You just say you're a full-time student, right? Um, Right now, I'm a full-time student for a degree in sociology. So then I can transfer to African and African-American studies. Mm-hmm. And this is how long have you been in school? Um, it's about to be one year at the end of this semester in May. What you think about it, honestly? Um, well, I took a break from school for a year, so it was really a transition to get back into. But it honestly has been like a really good experience for me. And it's definitely a different environment from when I was in high school. So it's a lot of adulting. For sure. <laughs> it is, right? Nobody telling you like, hey, you need to do your homework and you need to do this. Like it's more responsibility put on you. Do you feel like you were prepared for it? I feel like yes and no, because you can't really be prepared all the way. My thing is that you can't 
fully be prepared for anything until you jump into it. Mm. You can only have the best tools that you have learned to get you there. So Mm. it's been a transition of trying to be the best I can be for when I do get there, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think what you said, it was it was spot on. It's really hard to be prepared for something when you really don't know what you're going into. So the best that you can do is prepare, like just prepare, period, like take in wisdom and knowledge and and learn and then be open to whatever obstacles come your way. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Look at us already starting the episode. Okay. I know. That was good. That was good. (laughs) I know. So today's episode, just to let everybody know, today we are talking about boundaries and children. Mm, 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 mm. You know what? This is a topic that is, it's a topic that I'm still working on and I'm really happy that I get to have this conversation with my son with you Caleb because I feel like right now the place that I'm in in my life I want to be open to learn even from you guys you know sometimes as adults we feel like we have it all together and we really don't um there's so many things that we can learn from our children um especially our adult men or adult women children um so like I said today is about boundaries I'm really excited to talk to you about this subject. So I really want us to just dig into it and kind of get it moving. So I'll tell everybody where this came from and then you can jump in at any point you want to. I don't want this to be a conversation where it's just me talking. This is an open conversation. You can ask me any question you want. Um, We can talk about what we've read. So there is a book that I started reading and I, I believe I talked about it maybe a month or two ago, uh, maybe even before that, but it's called Boundaries. And when I started reading this book, it became a game changer for me because I have issues with boundaries. And I think those issues, not I think those issues came from my childhood, you know, just going through the situations of abuse and not knowing what a real boundary was. So that has affected my parenting as well. So anyway, I reached out to my son and we were talking and I told him about this book, like, Hey, you, you got to get this book so we can talk about it. So he actually got the book um, and we read some things within the book and we decided to get on here and talk about it. So Caleb, um, what have you gotten from this book so far? Um, first, in your, in I just want to say, I just want to say, I was very hesitant to get this book when Why? my mom told me because I do not like addressing boundaries because I am very non-confrontational, and mm-hmm. I think that was one of the major points in reading this book is that it's okay to be conf- confrontational with quotes because it's not really confrontational. It's just like the book says, taking charge of your own life. Mm. I like that you said that because it's, man, (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's kind of the same feeling that I had too when I first, you know what? I don't even want to say when I first got into this book because I already knew that I had issues with that. I've always thought that boundaries meant confrontation. Not saying that I haven't had or put myself in confrontations before, 
but definitely the walk that I'm in now, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to, you know, come across like I'm a bad person. So reading this book really opened my eyes to what what a boundary truly is. And it's not confrontation. It's just simply letting people know who you are. I, I agree. When I, when I got the book, I remember telling two of my really close friends that I had got the book and I'm, we, I'm reading a book about boundaries. And it was weird that when you had told me about the book, I was going through, I guess you could say an issue of boundaries with those two friends. Right. So it's been really eye opening for me to be able to read and also teach them and what they also can teach me about boundaries because I am a young adult, a very young person. And I feel like this is an important time in my life where I can learn how to set healthy boundaries and still have relationships with people that are about growth and transcending into like different types of people because that's who we are. And I think that's the issue people have with boundaries is that they don't want to be different from the other people but that's the whole point you're supposed to be different Caleb look I didn't mean to say that over you because I know sometimes we have tech issues when we talk but when you said that I was like wow like I, I I agree with you when you say that um the issue with boundaries is, you know, we don't want to be different from those people, especially people that we're close with. Because sometimes it does cause division. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I love that you said that. And I love that you're sharing it with people you're close to. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to decide to get the book, but the fact that you even let them in to say like, hey, this is something that I'm reading. This is something that I'm trying to, you know, incorporate into my own life to me that's even showing a boundary you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yes yeah so what did you what are you getting from this book so far like what is something within this book that stood out to you um I guess since we're talking about parents and children oh geez (laughs) um (laughs) one of the main things that I saw was withdraw boundaries there's a part in the book I can't specifically remember the page Mm -hmm. but it talks about how people withdraw when they are placed or or when they're given boundaries and I think that's something I'm not sure if I have dealt with but I have definitely seen other children Mm -hmm. and their parents go through the same thing like one of my very close friends is that whenever a child places a certain boundary or wants a certain boundary, the parent withdraws from that child showing less love, less compassion, because they feel like their child is against them and vice versa. The child can do the same thing, especially an adult child with an older parent. Oh, my goodness. Um, (laughs) um, First of all, what I want to ask you is, do you feel like I've ever been that person? And you can be honest on here. <laughs> I honestly, I, I don't think you've ever been that person. Mm-hmm. I think when, because when I was younger, I used to think very different. Like if I didn't get something I wanted, I'd be like, why is my, why is my parent doing this right now? Like they're supposed to be for me a hundred percent, no matter what I want. <laughs> oh. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now that I'm older, I I kind of see as you guys, you or dad weren't really withdrawing from me, but you were protecting me from things that I didn't need to n- know yet or there was still stuff I needed to learn before okay. I was ready to get there. Yes. Yes. Okay. The only reason and that I, just came with age. Yeah. With age. The only reason I asked that is because I definitely was going to apologize. Like, I am so sorry if I've done that to you, but I, I honestly don't remember seeing that part of the book. Maybe I haven't gotten there yet. Um, but when you say that I've seen that before, I've seen, and as a parent, you know, I mean, I can talk about it and I don't want to call out any names and I'm not going to, but I've seen it. And I think it has a lot to do with that parent, maybe not knowing about boundaries as well. No, I definitely, I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times as parents, I I use me, for example, because I don't want to speak for anybody else. Um, This podcast is definitely not to diagnose or, you know, talk about anyone else's issue or anything like that. I just want to share my own testimony. So I know with myself, um, having that unhealthy or having unhealthy boundaries affected the way that I parented. So maybe I didn't do it in that way where I withdrew, but maybe it came in the form of me being too controlling or not controlling enough at, or I don't want to say controlling or not setting um, the right rules or examples or however you want the limitations. I didn't have the right limitations set because I didn't understand boundaries very well. So maybe that's what it is. It has to do with that. I, that's crazy because that was the next point that I wrote down in my, my notes from the book. Mm -hmm. And it was a part of the book called over control. Mm. and it was it's basically where a parent has rules set in place but they are too strict so if they they're technically protecting their they want to protect their children but they're doing so in a way that doesn't allow them to grow Mm. talk about it (laughs) no I think that I think that is very important and honestly I feel like I'm not a parent but i have a feeling every parent there's a part in every parent's life where they experience that yeah because I have definitely seen that in you and dad and that was just like you don't want your kid to fail basically and having little brothers who I don't live with I remember one time we had gotten to this conversation and it was about I can't really remember but Jackson. Don't be saying my baby's name online. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, I'm so sorry. No, Jackson, I'm kidding. Jackson wanted to, I think he wanted to get a phone, but he wasn't being as responsible with the phone. Mm-hmm. And I remember me and you specifically, when everybody left, we're talking about when's the right time to do it and how to do it. Mm-hmm. And my whole thing was, I get that we all make mistakes, but you can't protect them from making every single mistake. Like they're going to have to make mistakes on their own so that they can learn on their own. Because if you protect them from mistakes, they're always going to think that there's going to be somebody to tell them 
when they're making making a mistake Mm -hmm. but it's really just about going in making the mistake and learning from it I get you I think where we bumped heads in that conversation it wasn't the fact that you were talking to me or giving me you know dropping knowledge about how to do it it was the way that you were doing it because if I remember correctly we were all on the phone so you were me and you were facetiming and the boys were standing right there and we were talking about the whole phone issue or situation and as I was telling them you were correcting me so Mm. yeah so what they hung on to was that my cool big brother is stating, you know, hey, mom, get them a phone. And they didn't want to hear anything that I was saying after that point. So it's kind of hard to explain it, but it's it's almost as if, um, how can I say it? Because I don't want to talk about marriage because that's not what this is about. But let's say there's two adults in the house and the kid asks one parent a question, then asks the other parent a question. And one says one thing, yeah. one says the other. So it's, but I, to me, that still doesn't make sense either. Like, I get what I'm just, I'm just trying to explain it in a way that kind of aligns with this. Basically, no, I yeah, basically, I have a rule set within the household. And even though I agreed with what you said, it was the way it was the time that it came. Like, I just feel like that was a conversation that you and I could have had. And then, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And I bring it back. And then no, I'm I get like, what you're saying. Yeah. I get you're saying, too, about the big brother thing. Because when I feel like when I'm talking, sometimes I don't recognize age. I just, I'm talking, like, in general. Mm-hmm. So when I'm talking, I'm talking, like, almost as if I'm talking to you not realizing, for example, that like Jackson Kez are still super young. Not super young. Look, don't say that. They'll get offended. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. But they're, not they're super younger young, than you. Young men. Mm-hmm. Young. Very young men. Yes. And they're and... still going through that same process. They're going through the process of de-parenting or, or, you know, the steps to go out of the house like you did. So they're not at the mm-hmm. same level that you're And at. I've already been through that. Yes. So when I'm talking about it, to me, it's not me being the cool other brother, cool older brother, but to them, it's me being the cool older brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, there's that boundary thing with both parents and I guess with siblings too. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny that we're talking about this and I mentioned it to you before about like the controlling versus, versus influencing. So there's a section within the book that we're reading and it's called, um, it's still within that boundaries in your children, but there's a part in there that's titled 11 to 18 years. And basically it's talking about the different stages of boundaries with children in those age groups. Um, so I related to this age group because as you know, um, both of the boys are 15 and 16. So they fall in that category. So with you and Zay, Y'all, during this time, y'all were staying with your dad and, you know, I didn't have you every single day. So things looked a lot different. Yes, we had the boundaries, but it was more like, okay, when you came back home, you know, we were in the process or we were always trying to make memories and have fun and do things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So now with them here during this time frame, I'm learning a lot of things that I didn't even know. So that's why. 
I tell you, I'm so open to hearing what you have to say because you're a young man. And I'm like, hey, tell me, <laughs> tell me what 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 young men think about at this age, because it's not that easy. Um, they talk about like during that age group, this is the time where you start to de-parent your child. So this is that time where you're preparing them instead of saying like, okay, how can, how can I make them behave? Because, you know, when they, when y'all were younger, I would do certain things to discipline or to like control the situation because I wanted you to behave a certain way. But right now mm -hmm. it's one of those, how can I make sure that I help them to survive when they leave the house? What skills can I teach them now? So I'm starting to understand it's not about me controlling, but how can I influence, like influence their thought process in their mind and teach them things that I learned, you know, or, or teach them things that you know about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think that the discipline for me and Xavier, my older brother, mm -hmm. are different from Chai, yes. the younger ones? <laughs> uh, yes. And you know it is because <laughs> we have had this conversation several times where we're all on FaceTime and you and Zay get on me all the time like mom why are you so chill with them <laughs> i'm like grab them get them yank them up do what you gotta do i think um well first to answer your question yes i do um back then keep in mind like when i had you and zay i was i got pregnant when i was 19 so i had zay when i was 20 i had you when i was 21 i was still a baby i'm I mean, I had a career in the military, but at the same time, I haven't even, I hadn't even started the healing process. I didn't even really know what being a mother looked like. Um, I mean, I saw it within Nana and, you know, the older people around me, but at the same time, some of those practices were not healthy. Um, so I did what I knew. I mean, I mean, look, I stuttered because I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> <laughs> but you know already there were a lot of times that I over punished I'm and I'm not saying like I abused you guys I, I did not abuse you guys and y'all know that but my mouth was horrible horrible hallelujah did you say hallelujah <laughs> <laughs> don't you do that <laughs> um my mouth was horrible and I don't know if you remember but there was this one time that or the this one situation in life where I used to say ass all the time excuse my language people um so my favorite phrase was I'm a whoop your ass and that was something that I learned in my household or you know just being around you know different people within the family I'll just say it like that so I remember you you may have been like three three or mm -hmm. four and you went to visit your grandmother and I heard that you had said that same thing to her I'm gonna whoop your ass and I think at that point is when I was like oh snap <laughs> I have to change my language right but it still took mm -hmm. me a while because as we all know the healing process takes a while it takes a while to you know change it really does especially when um 
you're not open up to change because during that time I went through a lot of controlling issues. I felt like I had it all together. Nobody can tell me anything. So when you ask me, do I feel like I parent a lot different with you guys than I do with Jackson Kez, I would agree and say yes. But I will also be very honest and say that although on here, I sound super sweet and, you know, everybody considers me to be so loving and soft-spoken. Um, mm-hmm. I have my, I have my days. If I were to put Jackson Kez on here now, they would probably tell you, mom be tripping sometimes. <laughs> yeah. She gets down. Y'all. <laughs> I get down. You hear me? <laughs> but I do it in a way that is a lot different than with y'all because with you, um, I was in that mindset where it was just like, do as I say, period. Don't ask me no questions. <laughs> don't, don't say why. Don't like, I don't want to hear anything. Just do it. And I think with them, because I've seen what that did with y'all and, and just because of, you know, having God in my life now and reading and, you know, all that stuff, um, even though I am still strict and I have rules, I still allow a space, a safe space so we can sit and have a conversation and we talk about things. And yeah, sometimes they're not good things. I'm not happy about what's said, but I feel like that's the only way to learn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I see a lot of times, especially on social media, um, there are parents my age and older who still have that mindset of, if you're an old school person and you believe that a kid doesn't have a say so, you know, hey, and I'm still like, nah, <laughs> I'm I'm out of that. Like the world is different now. I truly believe there's a time and place and kids have to still be kids. But I also believe that just as I demand respect, a child also demands needs respect too. You know what I mean? Yes. I think that's very important mm-hmm. too. So how do you, like you asked me that question, how do you feel like I was as a parent to you? And I don't want, and I say to you because I don't want you to speak for any of your brothers. How do you think it was? I wait, wait, wait. Can we take me, a pause real quick? Don't yes. you be calling me out too much on here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, go ahead. Um. I feel like for me, it was, I, I feel like I had one of the best childhood, childhoods, and that doesn't mean that I got everything I wanted or anything, but I was shown an immense amount of love, and at the age that I am now, I recognize that a lot, because I know a lot of people around me who are not receiving that right now, or have not received that at all, so when I was growing up, I think I was going through a lot of, I like to please people a lot. Mm -hmm. Like that is one of my biggest things, pleasing people. So I always felt super down whenever I felt like I was not pleasing my parents the best that I could be. But I always knew that all I had to do was show up as who I was. And that was good enough. That was perfect enough. Yeah. I can agree with you. And I remember me and you have had this conversation so many times. And I think it's because I can relate to you because I did the same thing as a kid. 
Um, and honestly, when you do things as a kid, they usually manifest as an adult. So I find myself a lot of times um, doing things to please people. And that's almost embarrassing to say, you know, I recognize it now. But it took me a very long time. You know, I'm already 41. So I didn't I didn't really recognize these things until the end of my 30s. Like, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because this is what I want to do? Or am I doing it because of an expectation or validation or, you know, just trying to get that, hey, you know, that a girl? Like, <laughs> um, what is yeah. it really about? Um and I recognized it with you very early on. So I always tried to, you know, make sure I poured into you like, no, it, you don't have to do it. It doesn't have to be that way. Like, tell me who you are. Tell me what you want. Um, and I really feel like because I recognized it and I related to it, I was very controlling. So sometimes the way that I was doing it was not in a healthy way. And I don't know if you even recognize that. But I didn't give you space, even though my mouth said it, I still didn't give you space to become that on your own until later on. I I don't think I recognize that at all, mm-hmm. because as a like, as a little as a younger kid, I don't want to say that I was selfish, but I was so caught up in wanting to pour out to everybody else so that. I could feel good that I didn't really notice any of the stuff that was going on around me. Mm. So as long as I was making sure this person's happy or I'm doing the best I can, I'm getting good grades, uh, I'm not failing, I'm doing good in everything that I approach, Mm -hmm. stuff like that, you don't really notice other things going on because you're so focused on that and I feel like a lot of people don't really notice that can I ask you a question what you may what do you think made like what what was it that made you think that way or do you even know like do you even know what made you feel that you had to be a people pleaser Honestly, I don't even know. At first, I used to think it was, like, a genetic thing. Mm -hmm. And just, like, certain people were born that way. Like, born and just, I have to please as many people as I can. Because from a young age, I just remembered I had to be the best I could be, show up the best I could be. Even going into high school, I thought the same thing. And what's crazy is that I was talking to a friend recently about this, about how high school was and, like, how we grew up and went into a system pleasing people as well. Mm. I wonder and, I wonder if it's if it's because you had a parent that was that way. Because when you're put into an environment, um, things happen. You know what I mean? Like things, mm-hmm. even without you recognize it, those things happen. Because like I said, I saw this in you at a very young age. I don't know if you remember, but from the moment that we used to sing the cleanup song, like there was a song that we learned from the daycare. So we would come home and I would sing that song. Uh, I'm not about to sing it now, but it was like, it was <laughs> like that clean up, clean up, everybody everywhere, clean up, clean up. 
everybody do your share or whatever. And you would automatically go into this <laughs> thing where you were picking up everything. You used to line your shoes up a certain way against the wall. They would be super straight. And I was proud. Like I would always um, reward and I would always, you know, give you all these, this validation. So I wonder if because of that, you seeing the happiness on my face that it made you do it even more. And that's also that's what you saw in me because I've always been that person. I've always been super like trying to keep things together and orderly and clean. And it's okay to be that way. But I think there were times that I took it to the extreme because that's what I was taught. And I think because of, you saw me do it and you saw the validation you got from me, then maybe that's why you felt like, okay, if I'm not doing this, then she won't be happy with me, even though I was. Mm -hmm. That is, so in my sociology class, mm -hmm. give you guys a little education okay. going on. In my sociology class, we are learning about the foundations of families. That's the class I'm taking right mm -hmm. now. And it says that your family household no matter what, if you grow up in a family household, that is going to be the foundation of what you begin thinking to the world, like what the world, what you will see in the world, how you will see the world. Mm -hmm. And so, and so that's why you saying that you grew up that way and how you portrayed that when you were raising us as mm -hmm. kids, that same energy moves on to the children right. so maybe there's a time in my young life where I did see you do something and you reacted a certain way when somebody said they were proud of that mm -hmm. and so I clinged onto that I clung onto that and I said I need to do the same thing it's so wow that you say like you say that because each of you I have four sons and each of you have a trait of me or several traits of me um, everybody is not like super clean and put the shoes all in line, but I can see like my creative side. I can see my emotional side. I could see my, um, my angry side. Like I can see controlling side. Like I see so many different things of me and you guys. And I know it's because of the environment that you were put in. So a lot of the things that I do now, it's like, oh my gosh, I want to change what, what that looks like. But because I want to change it so bad, sometimes even that makes the situation controlling. So it gives me a lot of chance to reflect and be like, okay, I only have like three years before I'm an empty nester and the kids are gone from the house. What can I do now? to make sure that I change the way that I'm being without being too lenient because there's, there's extremes. There's either, okay, I'm a parent who only wants to be a friend and acts like the cool yeah. parent, like, Oh yeah, we can drink together and we could do this and that. I've seen that. And then there could be that parent who's just like, Nope, you're going to do this, 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 and this. And I feel like I want to be in the middle of that, but I'm closer going to the more controlling side. And right now I'm like, okay, it's time to shift that and make sure that I do this in a way to send them out. But not only that, to make sure that 
I'm also having healthy boundaries with my adult, my adult children. If that makes it. And is that, look, is that even okay? Can I say adult children or do I have to say adult men? I asked that question before because to me, you still are, you guys are my children. It doesn't mean that you're young. That's why I'm saying my adult children. I, I'm fine with adult children, adult men, or anything my like adult that. Man. I do. That sounds weird. I, I, hey, my, that does sound weird. <laughs> I, I would actually rather be called adult yeah. children. Please. Yeah, because you are my children. But, You're just an adult. Mm-hmm. I have always been, what's crazy is that I like to people please a lot, but the one thing I do not like is when people have, control over me which is weird that's not weird babe so no but it's almost like I always whenever you or dad nag on me or anybody <laughs> else a teacher or anything like that it irks me so much it's Did crazy you say nag I don't nag that's what it is <sighs> though you know what <laughs> I think every child every young child will tell you that too it's almost like but when I was younger, I used to, I remember me and Xavier would always be like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> what are they talking about right now? But now that I'm older, I'm starting to learn, like, they're always going to do that because they are my parents, no matter how much I may not want it at the time. It's, <laughs> um, I can't even say anything to that because I'm 41 years old and I say that about my own parent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, sometimes it doesn't go away. Maybe there is an adult out there or a kid, child, adult child out there who feels like, oh, I don't go through that at all. But I know in this family, uh, it happens. And it's generational. Yes, right. <laughs> but there's a part in the book, and we talked about this part. It's that part of page 43, and it talks about behavior. So that last paragraph, it says, this happens a lot with parents and children. Parents often yell and nag instead of allowing their children to reap the natural consequences of their behavior. Parenting with love and limits, with warmth and consequences, produces confident children who have a sense of self-control over their lives. You know, that is, it's weird because when I'm in the moment of doing it, I don't even recognize it. But after the fact, I do. But it's almost like, how do you come back? How do you come back from that? So a, a big thing that I've been trying to work on is if I'm too over the top. And I'm in the moment and I walk away and I have some time to reflect. I never stay in the in that um, place of reflecting and just leaving it. I'll reflect and then I'll come back to the boys and I say, hey, I see what I did and I'm sorry or I'll say this is why. And then I ask them, you know, tell me how you feel about the situation. And it's it's funny because a lot of the times I'm wrong. Like, when I give them that space to tell me, I recognize, like, oh, okay, I was over the top. And I did need to say I'm sorry. So I'm working on that as a parent. But I really feel like 
it may it may continue to happen. I mean, that's just it it comes with the territory. <laughs> if it does continue mm-hmm. to happen, which I'm sure since it's generational. Don't say that. It's not generational. <laughs> um, I do I think those are the two like biggest things when it comes to boundaries and any kind of relationship. But since we're talking about family, definitely mm-hmm. family. If one giving people the space, like you said, giving them the space to express themselves and who they are, and two, apologizing. I feel like no one, I hardly hear anybody ever apologize. And Why do you think that is? Because po- apologizing means that you become the vulnerable one, and most people don't want to be vulnerable, <laughs> or they want to take the lead in something. And it also comes from not wanting to be wrong all the time, even though being wrong sometimes leads you to the right thing. Oh, you better, boy, you better say that. (laughs) (laughs) So um, back to me and my friends, we had had a talk one time about boundaries and what it means to apologize. And I had mentioned how I never hear any of us say, sorry like a simple I'm sorry and that's because we get really comfortable with the spaces that we're in around each other but when you become too too comfortable you start forgetting that these are people like before they were friends before they became a family like these are people and that's just the same with family children and parents like parents are their own people children are their own people outside of each other and so apologizing it can change someone's life, literally. It really can. And it also changes, it changes the dynamic too of the relationship. So it's like, if I'm apologizing to you, then you feel safe enough or you trust me enough to then be able to say, well, I'm sorry too. And sometimes we don't get that sorry. But what I'm saying is once you put yourself in a vulnerable spot, a lot of times that shows that person, like this person trusts me enough to even, you know, be humble enough to say that. So let me open up myself too. Mm-hmm. I always say that when you do things that are uncomfortable, you give people the space and time to do uncomfortable things as well. Because no one's going to, it's hard for people to do it when they don't see somebody else doing it. But if you're brave enough to do it, then you're leading something right there. Mm. This is so good, Caleb. (laughs) I'm looking at our time and we've almost been on for an hour. So there's a piece of the book that I want to read to you. And I'm going to tell you what page it's on. Because after we get off, I want you to go back to it if you have not read it. And it's on page 38. Yeah. And it's a paragraph about adult children. And I promise you, when I first read this part, I started crying because I was thinking about you and Zay and I don't know if you know this, but I'm going in, I've been in this transition of getting to know myself. So you, you already know my history. I'm very open with you guys because I want to tell y'all about things before I tell other people. Um, So you already know about my abuse. You already know, like, you know, all of that stuff. So a lot of my development I have been, I'm an, I am an adult, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of my growth stopped when I was six years old. So 
I am just now feeling like I'm growing into who I really am. So I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase when people say, oh, I'm getting back to who I am. Yes. All the time. So actually. for me, when I'm getting back to who I am, I'm getting back to a six-year-old because I lost mm-hmm. who I was when it was taken away from me. So I'm just now understanding like boundaries and how to really love and do things. And especially my walk with God, because when I became a young parent, I wasn't in church. So now God is literally my example of how to be a parent. And every day I fell because we already know perfection is with God and not with us. But every day it's like, okay, where's my example? Let me try it today. Let me try it today. So anyway, when I read this paragraph, I was like, wow. So I'm going to read it to you. It says, adult children who have never spiritually and emotionally separated from their parents often need time away. They have spent their whole lives embracing and keeping and have been afraid to refrain from embracing and to throw away some of their outgrown ways of relating. They need to spend some time building boundaries against the old ways and creating new ways of relating that for a while or relating that for a while may feel alienating to their parents. This time apart usually improves their relationship to their parents. So when I first read that, look, I know you're going to have to go back and read it again. Um, When I first read it, like I said, I broke down because I automatically thought about y'all. And I was like, wow, this is exactly what I'm going through. Like I have two adult children who are creating their own life away from me. So I don't talk to y'all as often. I don't see y'all as often um, because y'all are grown men now, right? Um, Yeah. But then I had to back up and think to myself, that is the same thing I'm doing with my own parent. Like I had to go out into the world by myself. Like even though I knew that I still had the support, I still purposely went out and did things because I wanted to create my own space. I wanted to create my own boundaries, my own beliefs. And it made me kind of back off a little bit more. And it was just like, okay, I get what what they're doing. Because honestly, I was offended at first. Um, (laughs) I was offended because it was like, why am I not getting phone calls every day? Why don't I know what's going on all the time? Um, I will say that you're more you're more connected as far as having that open communication than your brother. Sorry to call you out, Zay. Sometimes I have to purposely jump in and be like, hey, where are you at? Are you okay? But I get it. So even though I say mm-hmm. those things, sometimes the way I say things, you guys think that I'm like jumping on you, but I'm like, no, y'all know how I am. I'll just say stuff. But at the same time, I'm just trying to mess with you at the same time. Um But reading that and then reflecting on how I am as a grown child to my parent, it makes me understand more to where my feelings aren't hurt and I'm getting it. And I'm like, you know what? This is how you create boundaries. Because when you were within my household, you know, I gave you those beliefs. I told you like, hey, this is how things are supposed to go. But as an adult, you need to go out there and figure that out for yourself if that makes sense. So no, no, I agree. And that is if you ever meet me, anybody listening, if you ever meet me, one of my biggest things that I my biggest beliefs I should say is that 
you as an individual are in charge of your own life. And sometimes when I tell people that they look at me crazy because they seem, they make it seem like I'm saying you have to be loveless. And that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you are the creator of your own life besides Mm -hmm. God, of course, but you, the only way you can do that is when you are strong enough to go out on your own and it's crazy that you bring that up because I'm reading this book called Tiny Beautiful Things. And in one of the little messages that she writes, she talks about a lady who has two adult children and she's trying to push them out into the world, but they're staying in the Mm. nest. And what the lady writes to that woman is you have to be strong enough to let them go and trust that they're going to swim back to Mm -hmm. you. And when I read that, even as a kid, like even as a young adult, I felt like that's exactly what happens in our family and even other families. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, as young people, and I feel like especially the time that we're growing up in now, you have to go make, go see the world for yourself. There's so many things to do and so many things to be. It's not enough really to just not have your own set of rules for your life and once you get your own set of rules for your life you can allow that to make you become a better person and then have better relationships Mm -hmm. that's beautiful though when you said that it reminded me of a conversation that me and nana had because she recently asked me how did i feel about you guys being out there on your own and do i She was like, do you get scared or do you feel like nervous, depressed because they may make the wrong choices? And I say, you know what? Honestly, I don't. Like, of course, as a parent, I worry. I mean, I see, excuse me, like if I see your brother post a photo or I hear you do something or you post a photo, I'm always in my head thinking like, are they safe? Did they make sure that they weren't too loud to draw attention? Like, I'm always thinking something, especially because of Mm -hmm. the times that we're we're in. You guys are Black men. Um, But as far as going out, being men, being on your own, it's very, it's different for me. It's different than what I thought it would be because I have a sense of peace at the same time. Because I have faith that God is going to protect y'all. Um, I pray for you every day. And when you said, um, what was that that you just said? Um, I can't remember how you said it, but it reminded me of of a verse in the Bible. And it's in Proverbs 22, 22 and 6. And it says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, mm. he will not depart from it. So it's like that. You remember what I said? Like God to me is the example of what type of parent I want to be. So to me, that's an example, like do while you're in the house, you do like I am, you know, pouring into you godliness or I'm pouring into you like knowledge and wisdom and different types of things and trying to school you about how to do this and that and show you like God love and all this stuff. So when you leave this house, even if you don't make the right decision for your life or even when you make mistakes or you choose something that I don't agree with. I just have this faith that 
oh, it's not always going to be that. Like, he's going to remember what I taught him. So he'll be back. Mm -hmm. And when I say he'll be back, not necessarily be back to my house, but you'll be back. You'll bring it back. And you'll be like, you know what, Caleb, that was a mistake. Let me go back to what I already know and let me get it right real quick. So that's what I thought about when you were talking and you just said that. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that was good. Can was I say good. something too that I wanted to say earlier? <laughs> when you were talking about people pleasing, I hate to call you out, babe, but I need to say this. So you remember that time you went through that phase of doing some crazy stuff. I can't remember how old you were or what grade you were in, but you you stole some money. You <laughs> Oh my goodness. Everybody, I was going crazy. <laughs> I promise Crazy. you, I felt like, oh my gosh, I didn't raise the thug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was scaring everybody. Yes, around you me. scared me. You were stealing from the YMCA or whatever that the youth the youth plays. Yes, you. Yeah, I know. We gonna have to write them another letter because yeah, it was crazy. But anyway, you did that. I believe you. Yeah, you stole some candy, like. Although it was small things, if you would have stayed on that same path, you know, it could have been even bigger. But the question that I have for you, like when you were saying that when you were younger, you know, you were so focused on pleasing so many people. Do you think at that time you did those things because you were tired of doing it? Like, did um, you just want to have that okay. rebel moment or something? Hmm. So back answering your question this is going to lead into answering okay. your question back to the book that i was reading called tiny beautiful things everybody used to look it up <laughs> okay. um there's a part in the story where she talks about how a little boy stole from her at a garage sale and she says that after a long period of time she came back to the boy and she asked why did you steal from me and he said i can't give you a real answer all i can tell you is that I'm lonely. Oh. And when I when I read that, I almost passed Yeah, out. my head just flung back. My eyes started burning. Oh, I just wanted to cry that quick. Yeah. <laughs> because I feel like there's a, always a, reason. a part of what you're saying, people pleasing and being lonely, I feel like when you please everybody too much, you don't please yourself. And when you don't please yourself, you get lonely. That's just like saying, how can you love others when you can't even love mm -hmm. yourself? Mm -hmm. That just gave me goosebumps. I know. I got chills saying yeah. that. So you were just, um, yeah, I get it. I think I was lonely. and I Which is like weird because you were with us. I, that is so weird. And I, it's hard to explain, I feel, unless you go through it. But there's so many people who don't you... notice that you could be surrounded by a million people and still feel unseen. And I feel like even in my life right now, when I come and talk to you on the phone and I talk to you about what my week has been like or what I'm going through, mm -hmm. there's it's always it always goes back to I have people in my life. I'm trying to learn how to be grateful for them in my life, but I still feel like there's no one out there who understands me or knows me like I want right. to be known I'm gonna say something to that in a minute 
Um, but I also want to say just on a human level, um, I think a piece of that, and I could be wrong, has to deal with just the dynamic of what we went through when you were at that age. And I feel like during that time, you needed one-on-one from me. But there was just a lot going on. What age was that? I don't even remember. Maybe you... I was so young, though. No, it's okay. I mean, at a young age, kids experience things. Keep in mind, I was young. I was young, and Mm -hmm. I felt... But I think, like, I didn't realize how young Mm -hmm. I was. Because I always say, like, when I was younger, I felt so old. But now that I'm older, I didn't realize how young I was. Like, I wasn't even in the seventh grade yet, which could tell you how much a child Mm -hmm. goes through before they're even, like, a teenager. I think you needed more attention from me. And I don't know if I'm wrong. But, and it's not that you didn't get a lot of attention, because I was always in your face. (laughs) Always, Always. yeah, but there was you, but there was also three other brothers, and there was also a new dad. Keep that in mind. Mm. Um, So I also feel like it had to deal with that, too, and we don't have to get into that now, but me and your dad weren't together, and I was married to someone, and you were still getting to know him as well. Like, we were all coming together and when you have families um that's that's hard that's hard mm-hmm. it's hard and on I'm a child it really is and I didn't recognize that back then but as I've grown older and I've seen things I recognize it now so it's not to say that you were abandoned or anything like that but you were going through your own feelings and they were feelings that I didn't even know and you didn't know how to express them so yeah I think it had to deal with that too. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, it does. Cause I'm thinking like the things that I was doing and that like so many other kids do, even if it's not exactly mm-hmm. what I was doing, it's like you, for me specifically, you take things that give you space, mm-hmm. you know, like, let's say like you have this box and it's, you're it's who you are but there's nothing in it so you take things to fill Mm. it up but it's like all those even at the time I was so young so I obviously didn't know but it's like those things weren't really filling up my box at all they were just covering empty spaces that were shallow Mm -hmm. that needed to be filled with something else I'm glad that it got filled (laughs) yeah obviously this is such a deep conversation. <laughs> so I'm looking at the time. We've already reached our hour, but I could sit on here and talk to you like so long about this. But there's one thing that I wanted to address. And I said, oh, I'm going to come back to that. Um, and then we'll get ready to get off of here. But there was um, a part that you said, like you felt a sense of loneliness. And then you said, even now, you know, sometimes it feels like, I don't want to quote unquote you, but you said basically it feels like no one really knows you like you want to be known. And that really made me feel some type of way and not in a selfish way, like I'm your parent way. I'm not even going that way with it. 
but I started thinking about other people who feel that same exact way. And I think about how I feel because a lot of times um, I go through those moments where I feel like, oh, I just want to be by myself and I don't want to keep having to explain who I am to people. Nobody really understands my voice. Mm -hmm. Nobody Mm -hmm. understands uh, what I know God has put in me. Like there's just so many different things. And I think because of the walk that I'm on with God, it brings me back. So I'm not trying to make this churchy as some of you all say, (laughs) but I do want to say that to you. I'm going to say it to you because I'm your mama and you know, I'm going to say it that I really feel like the reason that you feel that loneliness a lot of times and kind of like, dang, nobody knows me. It's because nobody really does know us the way that we really want to be known because only God knows us that way because he is the creator Mm. of you. Only the manufacturer knows exactly what they made. If that makes sense. Like there's, yeah, because we get these like, let's say you go and buy something. I've heard this example before. You go and buy something and it comes with instructions, but you still can mess it up. You can still not piece that thing together. Like, I just bought a grill, right? It's on the paper. Mm-hmm. It said it would take 25 minutes to put that thing together. It took me over an hour to put it together because I put the legs on it wrong. Only the person who made that, the company who made that, they know how to make it within 25 minutes. Okay, there may be some people who can do it, but they still won't do it as good as the person who created it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of times we feel that emptiness because it's not meant for for people to know us 100%. Once you get married, you know, we make those comments like, my husband, my wife, you know, they know us like the back of their hand. They still don't know everything about you. They just still don't. Mm-hmm. They may know True. your mannerisms. They may know what you're going to say in that sentence, but they don't know you to your core the way that God knows you. And I think that's why we feel that way. But that's also our opportunity to have that one-on-one relationship with God. And we miss out on it so much because we're not connected. We stay very, we, we would rather be upset and cry about it instead of finding that connection. Like, how can we connect to who we really are at the core and feel that embrace of who, you know, of who we were created to be? So I really feel like in those moments, that's when you should shut everything down and say, okay, I need some one-on-one time with God real quick. I need to get with him so Mm -hmm. I can bring myself back. And then I walk out this door already knowing like, hey, this is who I am. And then we won't need validation from anybody else. Yeah, That's I'm good. sorry to say, like, be all preachy, but you know, I'm not gonna let you get off this phone without that. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead and preach, preach. the word, girl, preach the word. But yeah, <laughs> I am, like I said, I really enjoyed having this conversation with you, boo. I love talking to you, I really do. Like, all my kids, for some reason, I don't know what kind of gift God gave me, but it, it has been. A blessing, a blessing, blessing. I love talking to y'all. I love, um, even when I don't feel very comfortable with some of the things that you tell me, you're always teaching me something every conversation. It's just, it blows my mind. It really does. Um, so I appreciate you being on here with me. I really do. 
Um, usually we end the the episode with, hey, how can people find you? But I know right now you're taking a big break from social media. And I, I really don't want people going to look for my child. <laughs> it's, <laughs> No, hey, no, no, no. If you want, if you want to find him, you can find me first. <laughs> That's my controlling self, <laughs> right? You come looking for me, and I'll I'll let you know if he's available. You leave my baby alone. <laughs> he's handsome. Anyway, um, instead of saying where they can find you, I also leave this space open to where you can leave one nugget. Um, so I would like you to think about someone who is either your age or below who feels like they're having a struggle with creating boundaries um, or just anything that this episode was about. What kind of nugget would you want to leave for them? Oh, I already okay, got it, go ahead. which is crazy. Um, the nugget that I would leave them with is the importance of staying who you are. I feel like that is so, 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 so important because sometimes the person I'm thinking of and even other people feel the need that they have to change who they are or create a different version of themselves for a person in their family, for a friend, a significant other, anything like that. But you do not have to show up as a specific version of you show up in all the versions you can give them all of who you can and if they don't see that if they don't love that then there's a billion other people who will love you for all the versions that you are not a specific version that they created you to be mm. do you just want to take my show for me or what <laughs> uh maybe on Wednesdays we already had somebody on Wednesdays, but that's okay. Maybe you can take every other Tuesday. But when I, I was just listening to that and I said, I needed to hear that too. And that just tells me, like, I want to piggyback on it. You show up in the way that you were created to be, because if you try to be anything else, you, you never will get there. Never will get mm -hmm. there. You said that so beautifully. So I really have nothing else to say except thank you so much for being on here with me. I love you so much. I am super proud of you. I can't say that enough. A lot of times I think you think I say it because I have to say it or because I'm mom. But if you were not my child, I would still brag about you. I love you so much. Um, and I hope I can have you on again. Thank you. No, I. Yeah, you remember how you started off. <laughs> No, I don't feel yeah. like that at all. This is the longest nice. show that I've had. It's been over an hour. So I'm like, let me get off of here. All right, babe. I love you so much. Mm -hmm. And I hope you have a good night. Um, thank you all for listening and supporting Her Talks Radio. Thank you for hearing me and my son out. Thank you for including him in our safe space. And I can't wait to talk to you next Tuesday. <laughs>